dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. Hi everyone, welcome back to the second part of my introduction to the Dementia Researcher blog. In this blog, I want to introduce myself as a researcher with a tour of my research career so far. My first experiences were nothing to do with dementia. The first time I worked in a professional research lab was in cancer research on the effect of poly-ADP ribose polymerase, or PARP inhibitors, on lung cancer cells. However, I quickly learned that I did not enjoy working in the lab. I found the environment much more stressful than my other colleagues. This combined with an unsupportive supervisor almost put me off any kind of research career for good. My second experience of real research labs could not have been more different from the first. I had a brilliant supervisor, Dr. Xiaonong Wang, and the project resulted in my first publication using whole mount immunofluorescence staining of human dermis to visualise the distribution of skin immune system components in three dimensions. The study found differences in immune components in healthy and inflamed skin, having implications for understanding the role of microanatomy in the rejection of skin grafts. After taking a break from science altogether for a year, I came back to study for a master's degree in public health and health services research. During this time, I was able to combine my interests in, bi in the biology of ageing and neuroscience with my interest in epidemiology and medical statistics. It was a huge learning curve since my last qualification in maths was my GCSE. I worked with Blossom Stefan on the associations between cognitive reserve and cognitive function in the oldest old, using data from the Newcastle 85 Plus cohort. A cohort, of a cohort of individuals living in Newcastle upon Tyne who were all aged 85 at the time of recruitment. For those of you who are not familiar with the theory of cognitive reserve, also often called cognitive resilience, is a theory that a combination of socioeconomic and behavioural factors can slow cognitive decline in those with dementia pathology. We published a paper showing how in the oldest old, higher reserve was associated with better baseline global and domain-specific cognitive function and reduced risk of prevalent dementia, but not cognitive decline or incidence dementia, and that increasing reserve could promote cognitive function in the oldest old. I continue to work with Blossom on my PhD, funded by the Alzheimer's Society. This began my ongoing and most important research relationship with the Cognitive Function and Aging Studies, or CFAS, which is a set of two identical multi-centre cohort studies, which are fully representative of the UK population over the age of 65. Using this study, I investigated the state of malcognitive impairment, or MCI, in the UK population. My main finding from the work was that using additional measures of mild cognitive impairment that represent the full spectrum of cognitive decline, that MCI prevalence remained stable in the UK population over 20 years, compared to dementia which decreased. I've continued to work on research of MCI from a global health perspective. Recently we published papers showing that, like in high income populations, MCI is poorly defined in low and middle income countries which cause highly unstable prevalence estimates. We also produced analysis that prevalence of vascular-related vascular malcognitive impairment was increased in China, partially explained by increased educational attainment across generations. Since completing my PhD, I've worked with the CFAS Neuropathology 
using brains donated by around 600 participants of the CFAS studies. As a statistician affiliated to the study, I've been able to dip into a wide range of dementia pathology research, showing advanced glycation end product formation in human cerebral cortex increases with Alzheimer type pathology, that glial responses vary extensively across the aging parietal white matter with diverse patterns of white matter neuroinflammation, and the exciting finding that dementia in the older population is associated with neocortex content of serum amyloid P component. Finally, I'm working with the CFAS studies on a 10-year follow-up wave of the study called OPOR. One project from this study is currently investigating new randomised control trial designs and the feasibility of delivering internet-based interventions for reduction of dementia risk. We are also using data collected over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic to investigate the longer-term impacts of COVID-19 on older people and risk factors for dementia. In Merrill's recent publication, we showed that loneliness in the older population increased by 8% over the course of the pandemic. And that brings you up to date with my research career so far. I hope you've enjoyed this whistle-stop tour. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.